everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Rick Johns. And I'm Will Johns. We're the Johns Brothers, and we're here today to share our best thoughts with you. We are going to share the best thoughts we've come across in our reading, in our journey, in our own personal life experience. I'm super excited to, to share a story with you today. And I'm super excited just to ruin the podcast by being part of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that I've paid you back the money I owe, I, I'm just here, just here to ruin it. Actually, that's not true. I am here to uh, share some of the best thoughts that I have come across in the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And I read this book, as I mentioned last podcast, at a time in my life where I was really looking for answers. And just rereading the book and preparing for this podcast, oh man, what a great book. Brene Brown has hit it out of the park with this book, so I highly recommend it. And uh, Brene, if you're listening, please be on our podcast. That would be awesome. We will give you as much time as you want. Uh, but at any rate, um, we're going to talk about some of the concepts and thoughts that she expressed in this book. The book is based on a ton of research. Uh, if you know anything about her, she's a researcher. And one of the things as she was talking to people and trying to figure out kind of what really makes healthy people versus unhealthy or maybe um, happy people versus unhappy she just listened to hundreds of people and recorded their stories and then started putting all these words together. And she noticed a pattern. And in this pattern, she came uh, to define it as people who lived wholeheartedly. And I thought that was such a cool term. And she said, that's really what we want in life, to become wholehearted people, to experience wholehearted living. And this wholeheartedness she discovered was found in people who came to accept their own worthiness. Now, that's a powerful point, isn't it, Will? Oh, yes, yes. And, and you know, I have to just put my plug in right here that I absolutely love this book, Gifts of Imperfection. I encourage anybody to go out and buy it. You could find it on Amazon. Um, every concept that's in this book is potentially life-changing, yeah. Uh, so it's it's fantastic, and and I can't wait uh, to to really dive into this material. And it's very thorough. Uh, each each chapter of the book touches on an aspect of life that's absolutely crucial and important to understand. So it's really a and it's not that long of a book. Uh, it's a very concise, beautifully written book just to kind of guide you through life and touch on every subject that is relevant to your life. And so we're excited to use it as a springboard uh, for this podcast and probably a few others that we can talk about things that we've discovered that work for us. And of course, they're all tie into things that she talks about in the book because it's, it's, it's very holistic. And so I love that about the book. And I love this term wholehearted living. I think it's a great place uh, to start and keep that term in mind. And maybe we'll use it throughout the podcast because we're talking about helping you get to a place where you can feel like you're living with your whole heart. I think all of us struggle with that. I don't think anyone is just born naturally, just living perfectly and everything working and being vulnerable and courageous and compassionate and all the things she talks about. These are all things that we have to work on. And she specifically says wholehearted living is a daily work. 
a daily process. And I think that's important. And that's one of the reasons we're doing the, the podcast is we want to be there for people who are interested in growing and daily working on becoming a healthier version of the true you and a worthy you. Mm. I, I'm super excited about the first principle that she has in this book, which is letting go of what other people think and cultivating authenticity. Mm. And, and so uh, that is something that we're going to dive into today. And, and before we do, I was thinking of a story, Rick, that happened to me about 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll probably recognize this story because I think I, I shared it with you at least back then. So we'll see how good your memory is. Uh, <laughs> no, nope, probably can't remember that far. 12 years <laughs> it's too far. Probably too far. <laughs> I'm too old now. <laughs> but 12 years ago, uh, I was struggling with the question that we talked about last week in our podcast. This was a question that came from the Bible, from Jesus in Mark chapter 10, where he asks this blind man that comes to him, what do you want me to do for you? And I was at a point in my life where I just kept asking myself that question over and over, like, like, like Jesus was asking me that question, what do you want me to do for you? And, and I was struggling to come up with an answer. And at that same time, I was trying to make what was a very difficult decision for me at that time regarding a family trip. And this trip put me in conflict with both my wife and my parents. My wife wanted me to do one thing, and my parents wanted me to do another thing. And I was torn between the two, and I couldn't figure it out. And I was sharing this with a counselor, and, and he simply asked me, well, Will, what do you want to do? And I didn't know. I couldn't come up with an answer. I, I later that day went for a walk, and I was walking outside, kind of around a, a greenway, meditating on this, asking myself, what do I want to do? And right just out of the blue, these words popped into my mind. I don't know what I want to do because it has never mattered before. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a painful epiphany took place for me that day when I realized that pretty much up to that point in my life, I was far more concerned with what other people wanted for me than what I wanted for me. And what a gift to see that. I think a lot of us spend a lot of time in our lives doing what others want and not even realizing that we don't even think about what we want. And you, you, you had that gift from your counselor that got you thinking. And, and credit to you, you went out and walked and thought about it. And that's a great lesson right there. I'm just listening to your story. I'm thinking, do I ever take time just to stop and ask myself that question? What do I want? Hmm. I think that that's such a crucial question for authenticity, because if we don't know what we want, then we really don't know who we are. 
And, and then how can we be authentic if all we know is what other people want and we're constantly trying to please them and, and do what they want, then it's, it's almost impossible, I think, under those circumstances to be truly authentic. Yeah, absolutely. I just love that question. I think that's a great question to think about for all of us is what do you want? And when we get in those difficult times and we're trying to figure out what to do next, it is often the last question, if, if it ever comes to our mind. It's often the last one. We think, oh, I should do this because of them, or they'll want me to do, or they will be mad, or how can I get a win here? You know, we get, we, we're stressed a lot, I think, by decisions in life because we feel like whatever decision we make, someone's going to be upset or someone is not going to like it. Hmm. And that someone isn't usually us because we're a lot of times we're not even thinking about, wait, what do I want in all this? And, and I think, I think one of the reasons for me, you know, as I look back and think, how did I, how did I miss it? How did I go most of my life without even referencing what I wanted? Um, hmm. and, and I think for me, it was, I was wanting to, to serve God, hmm. to be a good Christian, hmm. to love and serve other people. And, and it just kind of played into a natural tendency that I had to be a people pleaser. Mm. And, and I never did the hard work of figuring out, you know, what was God calling me specifically to do? What desires did God put in my heart that he only put in my heart that I was supposed to act on and, and, and fulfill in in the world. And so I, I, I I kind of miss that important journey or that important questioning process, um, in order to, to figure that out. But let me, let me ask you a question, Will. So now that you had that experience, say 12 years ago, and I know you, and I know you've been committed to that journey of, uh, finding out who you are and what you want and what God has called you to, and, kind of growing into your true authentic self, since that's our, our topic today, which is easier? Is it easier to ignore self and kind of just go along pleasing others and kind of let them dictate who you are and what you do? Or is it easier to be your authentic self? Oh, that's a great question, Rick. <laughs> and, um, you know, the answer for me is, is pretty clear it's way easier to please other people. Um, but it's, it's so much better to live out of authenticity. Yeah. And, 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 and I should say easier to please others on the front end, but the long-term costs of that approach are much harder to deal with. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, it's easier to just give in and do what so-and-so wants and do this and do that, keep everybody happy. But the long-term costs are a loss of energy, a loss of passion, a loss of excitement and life, a loss of joy. So the long-term, it's way harder to, um, to be a people pleaser. And, and so authenticity 
though hard at the beginning, is so worth it. Um, there's just so much that is gained from that practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved your answer, by the way. And that's why I asked the question, because I think we don't, we don't count the cost, so to speak. And when we people please, sometimes I think we kind of think that's harder, but it really is a bit of a cop out, at least for my own life. Like when I don't want to do the hard work for myself, when I don't want to ask the tough questions of myself and who am I and what am I called to do when I don't want to set boundaries because that might get someone upset with me. There's a, there's a lot of reasons it's easier to just let other people kind of dictate your life. And in that sense, you just kind of react to life, right? You just mm. kind of go along. You don't have to be proactive. You don't have to you know, make hard decisions. You just kind of, oh, okay, well, my wife wants me to do this or you know, the church in, in our case, the church says we should do it this way. And, you know, I think God wants me to do this. Not sure, but I think he does. So I'll just do it. And, and we never wrestle with it and mature and grow. And, and to me, that's part of becoming like God is wrestling with these tough decisions, wrestling with who we are, wrestling with boundaries, wrestling with being our authentic self. I mean, imagine if God was just a people pleaser, <laughs> that, that would be no God at all because who would we rely on? He'd just be around trying to please everyone. Of course, it'd be a disaster. Uh, so in our, in our lives, I like how you point that our lives are a disaster if we go around just trying to please everybody. So I love how you said there's high costs to that. Even though it might be harder at times, it is so worth it. So I just encourage anybody who's listening today, this is the journey. This is the heart of it. You got to get into putting in that work, putting in that process, putting in that time, what do I want? Who am I? What am I called to do? And, and it's not that you're going to find the answer in 30 seconds. Um, I think it's a lifetime work, but it's the journey you, it, it is the journey. You know, I'm not going to say it's the journey you have to be on. It is the journey and you can either do it or not, but it is the journey. Absolutely. And, and, you know, regardless of, of what we decide, these principles um, are true. And so if you, if you take the road of authenticity, there's, there's going to be challenges. It's going to be difficult, especially at the beginning, but there's long-term rewards. And if you take the, the path of least resistance, um, which is people pleasing, um, it's going to feel somewhat difficult because you're not getting what you want but also easy in that you don't have to set boundaries, you don't have to stand up for yourself and uh, at the beginning, but long-term, there's yeah. just going to be an exhaustion and a high price you pay in your soul um, for, for not taking the time to be authentic. Yep, yep. Brene uh, defines authenticity she says, it's a daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. And mm. by embracing who we are, she says, we cultivate the courage to be imperfect. Imagine that. For some of us, that's terrifying, letting mm. other people see us as imperfect or flawed or people who mess up. Um, so she talks a lot about that because she struggles with perfectionism, and I relate to that. And she says, we have to cult the cultivate the ability to be imperfect, to set boundaries, 
and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Wow. I love those three concepts as part of authenticity. Yes. And and I think I think what that definition points to uh, for me is um, there's this sense of ourself that's unique to us. And when we are in touch with that, then we can communicate that to other people. Yeah. We communicate that by setting boundaries and saying, uh, no, I don't like that kind of food. I know you love it, but that's not my favorite. Or, no, I don't like that kind of music. I know you love it, uh, but that's, that's not for me. But I do like this other music over here. And we begin to share, but when we share, then we're vulnerable. Because yeah. if, what if someone says, you like that music? Right. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> What's the matter with you? And, and we, we're afraid that if we're truly honest about who we are, what we like and don't like, that, that we might get judged for it. So I have a story uh, that happened just yesterday uh, that kind of highlights all three of these. And um, it snowed here yesterday when we were, uh, the day before we were recording this podcast. Uh, it's winter time and we got some snow and we were going to go out sledding. I was taking the two kids and uh, my wife was stuck working. She's working from home right now, but she couldn't come and join us. And so as we're leaving, she shouts out uh, to Jake, our son, says, hey, Jake, take your dad's boots so your feet don't get cold. And I'm thinking, hey, what? Wait, I was going to wear my boots. What do you mean, Jake, take your dad's boots? But I didn't say anything because my next thought was, oh, she's going to get mad if I protest. And I don't want to be a jerk. And, you know, aren't I supposed to be loving? And he doesn't have any boots. So I guess I can let him. But then my next thought is, but those are expensive boots. I've had them for 10 years. I don't want anything to happen to him. He's a teenager. He rides very aggressively when he sleds. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to my boots. Maybe something will happen. So now I have this inner turmoil. But my pleaser self, which is very natural for me, was like, nope, don't say anything. Let him take the boots. Um, even though I was kind of mad that I wasn't consulted. And it's not that I wouldn't have let him. It was more that she just told him to do it. She didn't say, hey, Rick, do you mind, you know, if he uses your boots? And then I could have had the option. And so I didn't say anything because it just caught me off guard. But the whole time that we were sledding and stuff, and I'm in my tennis shoes and he's in these nice boots protecting his feet, I'm kind of steaming a little bit. I'm resentful. And that's a good point because, <laughs> right, resentment is yes. a byproduct of not living your authentic self. So that's a great point for all of us. If you have a lot of resentment, if you resent your spouse, you resent your kids, it's probably because you're not being authentic, you're not setting proper boundaries. Mm. And so I was resentful the whole time it was in my head. And then I was trying to think of what to do and I thought, I was resentful because I thought if I said something, she would think, my wife would think I'm a jerk. Like, really? You can't let your son, like, he needs him more than you do, and, you know, he's going to be climbing up and down the hill. You were just going to go and watch, and I didn't really sled. I was just watching, took some pictures. So I, it's not, it's true. So I'm thinking all these things about her, like she's going to not, she's not going to think I'm loving, and I'm caring, and I want to put my son first, and I'm, I'm starting to shame myself. Well, I'm a bad person for being upset that he's wearing my boots. 
So you can see how all these kind of thoughts just confuse and muddle everything. So when you look at her definition of, of authenticity, she said, first, you have to be willing to be imperfect. So I should have spoke up right at the beginning, even if I was a jerk. I am a jerk. I am selfish at times. I like those boots. I don't want anything to happen to them. So I could have at least spoken up and we could have discussed it. Uh, and then secondly, set boundaries. Like I had no boundaries because I didn't say a word. So I let my boundaries go. And thirdly, it was scary to me to be vulnerable. I couldn't be vulnerable and express my feelings because I thought she would judge me. I thought she might even shame me, you know, oh, you're more worried about your boots than your son, you know. So there were all those things at play. Now, I will say because of this work, as I started to see the resentment croak, uh, creep up. By the time we left sledding, I realized, hey, I'm not dealing with this in a healthy and proper way. I'm feeling resentful and angry, and that's on me. That's on me for not handling this right. What do I need to do? And I said, well, I just need to talk to her about it. So when we got back, I had some time to talk to my wife. We discussed it, and guess what? We ordered him some boots yesterday. So it was an easy solution, but I had to get to the place where I... I set my boundaries or expressed my boundaries. I was vulnerable. I was willing to be shamed or, or think, you know, but none of that happened. She was fine because I was my authentic self. So that's, that's uh, just a daily, a daily example from something that happened to me just yesterday. Yeah, I love, I love that story, Rick. And, um, and I, think that, um, I think that it really says you know, captures what we're talking about with this, with this issue of authenticity. Um, when we, when we're dealing with, um, you know, these types of situations, especially, you know, in a family setting like that, and, and when standing up for yourself means that, that maybe a child is not getting, you know, what, what, is expected for them <laughs> you feel like oh i'm being a selfish jerk you know by by expressing you know what i want in the mm -hmm. situation and you know but expressing it and putting it out there allows you to to look at the situation more clearly you and know and it allows you to find a solution yes if i never speak yes. up then guess what next time we go out which will be later today <laughs> hey, it's going to happen again. And, and today I'm fine with him using it because I know in a couple of days his new boots arrive and this is not a permanent thing and he's probably not going to destroy my boots in two days or anything, you know. So the ability to talk about it in a mature way and it took me a while. I don't want to use myself as some shining example, uh, but it took me a while and it was the resentment that include my mind in, oh, I'm going down a, a wrong path. I'm going down a dark path here. I have, uh, something's wrong. And so then I had to step back, process it, and then say, you know what? We can just have a conversation about this. And the minute I did, she was completely fine. None of my worst case scenarios were in play. And I felt great. I feel great today. I'm happy about it. Like I said, he can use my boats today and I'm going to be happy as a clam about it. No issue. So it's an important lesson to live authentically. And I, yeah, and I think that that's also um, I think that's also a key lesson that that we have in this situation where um, what's going on is 
you have to you have to be aware of what you want mm. be able to express that yeah and and when you do um then you can come up with a real solution that that does not involve you swallowing your desire and and i think i think it comes down to value because often we end up in resentment when we don't value ourselves yes. and what we want highly enough. So, yes. so early in that story, it's like, well, you know, my son needs the boots. My wife wants him to have the boots. Uh, I don't count in this scenario. Mm. You know, I just have to, to suck it up and go out there and wear my tennis shoes, you know. Yeah. But uh, of course, there's a piece of you that says, but I wanted the boots, you know, <laughs> but what about me? And, and that piece is, is healthy. You know, often we think that's, that's a selfish part of ourselves and we kind of rationalize that part of ourselves away, possibly because it's inconvenient, possibly because just um, are afraid, you know, because it makes us vulnerable, you know, to share yeah. that. Yeah. But but the way the way I look at it is is like this, you know, in in Matthew 7 um Jesus tells us to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then in in Matthew 22 he says love your neighbor as yourself. And what we often miss is that there's an assumption there from Jesus that we are loving ourselves, that we are valuing ourselves. And then the call, the Christian call, is to, to do the same for others. Yeah. But, but I grew up with a misunderstanding in my head. Somehow I twisted it to say, I should love my neighbor and not myself. <laughs> I, should, I should love my neighbor instead of myself. And so it's always yes to somebody else and no to me. Let me, let me share a childhood let me share a childhood memory here, Rick. Well, go ahead if you had something. No, I was just going to say that's the WJV version of the Bible. Okay. That what you were quoting, the, the Will Johns version was love, love your neighbor as not yourself. Well, and <clears throat> I remember, same thing, I still remember this uh, to this day. I was a kid, I think I was in second grade, and our teacher uh, was, had just created a new seating chart. And by, by luck of the draw, or for however it worked out, I was sitting exactly where I wanted to sit. And I was super excited by the, the way the seating chart had turned out. And, and if you can remember back um, in second grade, like that's one of the biggest things to, to happen to a kid is a seating chart and where you end up. And then this friend of mine, I'll call him Bobby, Bobby says to me, hey, Will, will you switch with me? <laughs> and every fiber in my body wanted to say no, but I ended up saying yes, because the teacher looked at me and looked at Bobby and said, well, Bobby, it's up to Will, mm. whatever he decides. Mm -hmm. If he's willing to switch with you, then you can. Mm. And I felt sorry for Bobby I felt like I needed to be unselfish, so I said yes, but yeah. I really meant no. And so, same thing, like you were talking about earlier, yeah. resentment, anger, and, and I still look back to that today as a reminder 
to remind myself, this is what it feels like to not be authentic, yeah. to not be honest, and to not set boundaries. <laughs> yeah, and to, to please others. And she says that's the, that's the downfall of authenticity is when we focus on pleasing others. And that's what you were, you were doing there. And I think it's so uh, striking that here you are, uh, I won't give away your age, but let's just say between 30 and 60 somewhere, uh, <laughs> many years later, you still remember that story. Like that's how big a deal these kind of things are. So don't, we can't downplay how important this is. And I think this is the perfect, perfect um, topic as we wind down the podcast because Brene gets to this point and she says, it's this thing called worthiness that makes all the difference. Mm. And I want to read this from her book because as you were talking, it, it came to me and I underlined it. It says, as I conducted my interviews, I realized that only one thing separated men and women who felt a deep sense of love and belonging from those people who were struggling to fit in. That one thing is the belief in their worthiness. Wow. wow. So I think just talking about this authenticity led us right to the core. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, worthiness is the core result of having effective spiritual practices in your life. Yeah. Um, when we, when we practice these principles, well, we're going to begin to feel that sense of worthiness and value. And I, I just want to close Rick with, we've talked about how hard this can be and mm. it is hard to get going with authenticity. But I want to talk about also how fun it can be. Mm. Uh, this is an adventure. It's joyful. And you're going to find that you become more and more energized as you begin to pay attention to the desires that God has put in your heart to be who he created you to be. Yeah. And, and not only that, you get to be a co-creator with God because you're figuring out who you want to be. And so you, you, you're, you're kind of putting this all together, finding out who God created you to be, uh, adding the, the who you want to be, and it all kind of blends into a beautiful integration of authenticity as we live out our, our best selves. And when you're doing this, you'll start to see the energy come back. So many times where I've been depressed, discouraged, um, resentful, angry, whatever, there's no energy. And I usually think, oh, you know, it's because this is happening, I have to deal with this, or I blame some sort of external circumstance. But more often than not, it's that I've lost sight that I can be authentic. And that's where the energy starts to come. And I remember one time, like you will, a number of years ago, where I was feeling really down and I just started making a list. I said, well, if I were living my dream life, what would it be? And I don't even think I put things or objects. I just started putting concepts, you know, like being free, um, having good friends. And, you know, I just started putting a list of things and it started to energize me. Like you said, there's an excitement and an energy that comes once we start to say, hey, 
If I'm not just worried about pleasing others, but I want to find my place, I want to do the things that I enjoy that bring meaning to my life, what does that look like? Then there starts to become an energy. Oh, wow, you mean I could do this or I could do that or, you know, so I think you're right. It's, it is an exciting process. Yes, and, and I, think, I think, you know, take some time and just write a list of stuff you want. Maybe it's just, you know, a feeling of warmth inside. Maybe mm. it's just joy. Maybe it's friendship. Maybe it's uh, a, a spiritual life. I don't know what, what that's going to look like for you. But if you sit down and write that list, I'm, I'm almost certain you will be energized by the process. Yeah, and there's a power in just writing it down. Yeah, so, so take that time this week. Give yourself that great, great gift. Sit down, write out what you want in your life. And, and, and when you do it, do it imperfectly. Yes. Uh, we get so, <laughs> so stalled out and, and paralyzed by perfection. And that's what we're going to dive into next week. Yes. Yes. For our, for our um, next principle, we're going to learn how to cultivate self-compassion yeah. and let go of perfectionism. And, and this is huge, huge, huge for all of us. Yeah, I can't wait for next week, everyone. I hope to uh, share with you next, next time. I shouldn't say next week, but next time with our podcast, listen in uh, self-compassion, letting go of perfectionism. And it's so life-changing. So look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for joining us today. This has been Best Thoughts with Rick and Will Johns. It's been a delight to be with you today. We look forward to sharing with you in our next episode.